Now, there are two parts to Romans chapter 6, and Paul is about to start the second part. The first part was about um, the fact that we do not continue in sin, that is, in the sin kingdom of Adam, because we died to it, because Jesus was uh, became our uh, atonement and our execution. He suffered on the cross and died on behalf of humanity, and therefore we rose again in him and with him, and therefore we're counted as belonging to, no longer belonging to the kingdom of Adam, but belonging to the kingdom of Christ. But now in the second part, he says, he asks the question again, what then, shall we sin because we are not under the law? Although he, he, um, it's a variation of the same question. He has previously in the verse before said, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. We'll talk about being under the law when we come to chapter 7 and what that's all about. But here he says then, well, if we're not under the law, that is, if we're not dominated by condemnation and guilt and shame, um, shall we just uh, uh, enjoy that life? Uh, no, he said, because we now belong to someone else. He doesn't say that in ac- actual words, but that's what he's meaning. Let me read it to you. What then shall we shall we sin? Because we are not under the law. That is, shall we continue in the sin kingdom of Adam? Because we're not under condemnation and judgment. No, but we are under grace. Do you not do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one that one slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness but God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and have become been set free from sin and become slaves of righteousness. Wow, wow, this is very, very interesting. I don't like the word slavery, do you? Well, it is a bit odd that Paul should use it, and here we need to note a little principle right away. How is Paul using this word slavery right now? If you were to go to the book of Galatians, he would contradict himself there. Or rather, th- there would be a contradiction between this passage in Romans and the passage in Galatians, but not really. In the book of Galatians, Paul is using the word slavery in a negative sense. You are no longer slaves to the law. You are freed. You are sons. You are not slaves anymore. You are sons of God. But here, he's using the word slavery in a different sense. He's using it in the sense of a love slave. We are now freed from the kingdom of Adam, no longer slaves to it, and we are now love slaves of God and his righteousness. Now, this tells us a very important interpretation principle. You don't determine the meaning of a word by its intrinsic uh, meaning, but by its usage. And that is all to do with context. You know how real estate people say that um, location, location, location is the most important issue uh, in uh, real estate. Well, in biblical interpretation, context, context, context is the most important issue. 
And what is the context here? Well, of course, the word slave is being used in a very devotional, loving way. You see, Jesus has set us free. He set us free from guilt, from shame, from fear. He set us free from the bondage to uh, ourselves, not being able to escape from our own shadow and identity. He has brought us into his kingdom. And this kingdom is so free of guilt and shame and fear. It is a kingdom where we where we are loved by God and where we respond by love to him. And we have the prospect of eternal life in joy, in the presence of God, in whose presence is pleasure forevermore. That situate... I'm sorry, excuse me. That situation gives us pleasure, gives us joy. We are overwhelmed by the goodness of God, and we want to, we say to him as it were, oh, I want to be your love slave. I want to love you, obey you all through my life because you have been so good to me. That is the essence of what Paul is talking about here. So then, what then, verse 15 Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But thanks be, but God be thanked, that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart, You obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. But you say, Colin, I haven't been set free from sin. I'm still struggling with my addiction and my habits. Well, remember what I've said to you before, and remember it in relation to the first part of uh, chapter 6 of Romans. This being set free is what happened to God in Christ on our behalf. When Jesus died, according to verse six, uh, verse nine, rather, he died to sin. That is, uh, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin. He died as a judgment and a condemnation. For all of humanity's sin. He is freed from that. And you say, well, what benefit has that to me? That is precisely the benefit that Christ's death is counted as if it were yours. And so you are counted as though you had died to sin and therefore been freed from it. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. But now, having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You can tell God, even though I struggle, dear Father, with my addiction, I praise you, I am set free from the judgment of it and the identity of it. Do you get that? You are set free from the judgment of it and the identity of it and the condemnation of it. Though you still fall, you rise up again and say, Father, I have sinned, please forgive me, but I praise you also that I am not under the judgment and condemnation of uh, my sin. 
you are freed from the sin kingdom of Adam, you see, because you no longer live there now that you have been given faith in Jesus Christ and you have become slaves of righteousness. Now, this then has to do with ownership. Slavery is an ownership by the master. Who is the master? In the kingdom of Adam, which is the kingdom of sin and death, Satan is the owner. At least, he professes to be the owner. He's fake, but he professes to be the owner. And you believe him because you've uh, accepted the delusion. But now you believe in Christ and you say, I am no longer under, de under the delusion of Satan's ownership. I am owned by another. You see, this is the nature of the gospel. We are not freed in the sense that we're now floating, floating around in space with no moorings, with no foundation, with no ownership. We're not free in the sense of libertarianism, in that we've been freed from the law and now we're just free to do anything. We're rather freed from one owner who has been killing us and destroying us and harming us and tormenting us, and we are now the owner of someone else. And this someone else is God our Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. And he does not torment us. He does not be, uh, burden us down with guilt and shame and fear. He gives us mercy. He gives us love. He says, you are freed from all of the torment under the kingdom of Adam. I am not a tormenting slave master, he says. This is now a relationship that is very, very different. And so just as in the first part of Romans, we asked ourselves not the question, um, what am I doing, but who am I? Who do I belong to? This now, this question becomes far more uh, interesting and relevant in part two, doesn't it? Who am I? Who do I belong to? I belong to God. I'm a slave of God. But that slavery does not destroy me. That slavery does not diminish me and, uh, and put me down and uh, break, away, break down my spirit. That slavery rebuilds me in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This slavery is one of beauty. It lifts me up. It make, gives me great dignity. It enables me to know that I'm not really literally a slave. I am literally a son or daughter of God. That's the truth that we're looking at here. So how does this work then in the midst of a temptation? And you're, let's say, uh, about to take the alcohol to your lips. You're about to get drunk or you think you are. You're about to uh, give up and let go. Um, and the fight, you think is about the glass of wine in your hand or whatever drink it is or, or uh, vodka. You, you are thinking of, shall I take this or not? Well, at that point, I urge you by faith to shift the question from, shall I take this drink or not? But who do I belong to? Now, you may not like that question at the moment that you're about to drink because you don't want to ask it. It's too real. It brings you out of denial. 
Nevertheless, ask it whether you take the drink or not. Because if you take the drink as a slave of God, you will find, that is, remember the good sense of slavery to God, you will find that that drink will have less power over you. Lord, I, I took that drink and it has made me tipsy, but I thank you that I do not, I'm not a slave to that alcohol because I'm not a slave to the sin kingdom of Adam. I thank you that I'm a slave to you. And you keep insisting on this. Lord, I am owned by you. I am not owned by these other forces. And as you keep insisting on that, the voice of faith becomes louder than the voice of doubt and sin. The voice that appeals to your relationship to God becomes louder than the voice that torments you with your relationship to the kingdom of Adam and Satan. You see, we go back, we go back again to the reality of the state of mind Addiction is not, has nothing to do, uh, does not, is not primarily related to the drug of choice, but to the state of mind. And our state is that we are love slaves of God without condemnation. Thank you for joining me today, Colin Cook here and How It Happens. Please be sure that you know where to listen to this program. You can listen to it on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. But you can also hear it on, the, uh, on your smartphone any time of the day or night by simply d downloading a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, other places too, um, and you simply key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. If you would like to make a donation to keep the program on the air, please send it to, uh, please go online to faithquestradio.com or send it to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.